<laughs> Take a look. What, what you're seeing here are celestial bodies the size of things beyond us. Check it out. just kind of mind-blowing isn't it I had someone put that on or something similar to that on their Facebook feed and Curdy found a better version and I was like man that is crazy you know crazy to try and gain a perspective that can wrap my head around like we lost earth like like way early on way early on and I guess you know I was thinking you know like just well, it's quite humbling, isn't it? It's quite humbling to think of, you know, where we sit. You know, I think Earth's pretty big. I, 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 I find it hard to gain a perspective outside of Australia, let alone, you know, the Earth, and then let alone the universe and the planets that are all around it. And, and I guess it just got me thinking about perspective and how I see life, how I see my world how I see the things that I'm surrounded by, how I view God. And, and I think it's fair to say that I'm pretty sure everyone in this room would agree that, you know, we believe that the creator of all that we just saw, the creator of Earth, the creator of the universe, the creator of the planets, the stars, everything that's around us is God, right? Like that's what we're here worshipping today. That's why we're here. It's because we believe he created us. It's because we believe he deserves to be worshipped. But how do you go about wrapping your brain around the bigness of that? Like how, I don't know, how, how do you do that? 
I'm struggling. I'm struggling to wrap my brain around the bigness of who he is and to stretch myself to consider this. And I just, I think it's fair to say I just never will be able to do that. I don't think I can. I don't think I'll ever have the ability to have the perspective that views my world through a lens of a helicopter view of the, let's start at the Milky Way, you know, like from that perspective even, but he's as bigger than that, you know, and it's like, how do I get that sort of perspective? How can I see through that sort of lens? And I think it's fair to say that I can't. It's fair to say that I won't ever be able to. But it also got me thinking, you know, if God's got the ability, the power, the authority to speak all of that into being with just words, like just to speak it out and speak creation out and that is what took place and so much more, how is it that somehow that I can believe some of the things that I'm enduring right now are too big for him to solve? You know, how is it that I can believe that my problems, well, he, he can't fix that. He can't fix that. I don't know if you can relate to that, but I, I, I can relate well to picking up fear around something that... Um, I'm enduring something that I'm going through, something that um, possibly more relevant, you know, in recent seasons, possibly something where I know he's spoken something to me, where I've got a real confidence that God said X, but my experience is Y. And, 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 and feeling like, well, you obviously, you're obviously not going to sort this out. I'm going to need to get involved with this. And, 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 and possibly you can't. Possibly God can't fix this which is such a stupid thought, <laughs> but it's, it seems to be so pervasive, right? Like it was regular, that's a regular cycle for me. You know, it's like, God, you said this, but this is what I'm seeing. This is what I'm enduring. And that's not what I thought it was going to be. So maybe you're not going to come through. Maybe it's just beyond you, you know? You know, I shared, I think a couple of weeks ago, you know, we came back from our Europe trip and there was this beautiful context of God speaking to us and just being a really safe place for him to speak to us. And I came back from that and I'm ashamed to say that I said at the time, how could I ever, ever, ever doubt the voice of God again? I sort of, that was my declaration at the end of that. How could I ever doubt anything he says to me again? Because it's so, it was so evident to me in that trip that he is who he says he is and he's going to do what he says he's going to do. And yet somehow I have this perspective that the problems that I have are problems that he can't solve. You know, I wonder what he thinks about that. You know, he must have a little chuckle when I get, you know, busy and it's like, right, you're not going to sort this out. I'm going to need to sort this out. Roll my sleeves up. Let's get busy sorting it out. He must just have a little chuckle. And, <laughs> yeah, Glenn, you go. Go right ahead. You go. Go and fix it for me. It's pretty arrogant, isn't it? It's pretty prideful. It made me wonder, um, today's a bit interactive, we're going to be breaking off a couple of times, so I'm not going to be up here for a whole lot of time, but um, it made me wonder why I do this. And I think one of the challenges is, is in my desire to have a grid for God, like I need to fit him in my grid. I need to fit him in my pers my perspective of him needs to be something that's tangible for me. I need to be able to grasp it somehow and I need to go, this is who God is and this is how he works. And I think in doing so, I diminish him. 
I make him smaller than who he is. I make him not the God that can create that universe that we just saw, but the God that fits inside my grid, which is crazy because he won't fit inside any grid. There is no grid that will hold him. He's beyond a grid, beyond certainly any grid that I can fathom. You know, the, the, the topic of today sort of came out of two things last, like this week, the Sunday or Monday, I saw that video and then the next day in the verse of the day in the Bible app, the verse of the day was Isaiah 6, 1 to 3, which I'll read out to you. And it was sort of the combination of those two things that just had me going, what's going on with you, Glenn? Um, I'll read it out, Isaiah 6, 1 to 3. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And there was something about remembering, recognising the holiness of God and the bigness of God, the magnitude of God, that I think, I think one of the dichotomies of this relationship that we're on, this quest to be in a relationship where, the, you know, we just prayed at the start, God, will your presence come into this room? You know, would you talk to me? Would you walk to me? Would you be in a relationship like a dad, like a father-son, like a father-daughter relationship? I think the dichotomy of that, or the, you know, I think I, I grew up with the grid firmly entrenched that God is a holy God, that God is actually probably quite unapproachable, but he's a holy God and don't expect a lot back in terms of communication. And then somewhere on this journey of faith, you know, that's, that's, that's the emphasis has been more on this conversation with God, this, this opportunity where God's put his spirit inside of us and gives us the ability to talk to him like a friend. And it's like there's a friction in those two though and I think I can, I can grasp, hold and emphasise one more than the other and forget about it. And if I put him in the friend category, I've got a grid for what a friendship looks like and it doesn't look like a holy God that I can't even view with my eyes. The angels covered their eyes, they covered their feet because they weren't worthy to be in his presence and they just sung his holiness. You know, Moses, we know the story, you know, just got a glimpse of God as he walked on by and his face radiated for days. You know, and it's this, this, this friction of trying to understand what it looks like to have a God that is all-powerful, all-knowing, has all authority and yet wants to be my friend, you know, wants to be in relationship with me, wants to live inside me. Like that's, that's, a, that's a hard grid to get around, right? But it's true for us all. Like it's our opportunity, it's our invitation is that he would reside in us. And then I overlay these problems of life that I'm challenged by into the mix. I put them into the mix and I think they're too big for him to solve. Like what is that? There's something mucked up about that. I think when I lose the perspective of the magnitude of who God is, the bigness, his holiness, his right to be honoured, praised, 
magnified. When I lose that perspective, the struggles in my life will always seem completely disproportionate. Can you throw me one of those pens, please? Sorry, I meant to bring it up. So I've got some pens here. I was thinking about, I was thinking about this practical. I like, I'm a, I'm a visual learner, so I like practical examples. And I was thinking, how do I, you know, how do I illustrate this for my own self? And I was thinking about this pencil or this pen. And let's call this pencil my problems, the problems I'm enduring, the problems that I'm facing. Fairly minor problems compared to me. I'm a pretty, you know, I could probably break this pen. So relative to me, this, if this pencil illustrates the problems that I'm facing, the things I'm not feeling peace about, the relationship struggles I'm having, whatever it is, it's not giving me peace. You know, whatever it is that I'm asking God to come in and solve, you know, what I'd like him to solve. Maybe I'm not even asking him, but whatever I'd like him to solve. If this is representative of that, from the perspective that you've got, from the perspective I've got, not such a big problem pretty manageable we can sort that so what happens as that pencil pen gets closer it's like I can't even see like all of a sudden my focus is completely on this pencil and the only thing I can see is this pen and it's taking up it's it's obstructing everything else that I can see but what changed? The pencil didn't get any bigger. The problem didn't get any bigger. Just my perspective changed. You know, I just let it take up my focus. My perspective went from right-sizing it to making it my complete focus. And I think, I think that's kind of how it works with a lot of some of the problems that we face. Some of a lot of the obstacles that we're enduring right now, I think... You know, we can allow those problems to be our 100% focus or at least way more a focus than they should be and we can diminish God and his ability to solve them or we can ignore what he said he's going to do to solve them because the problem becomes the biggest thing. You know, the problem is the focus. It gets the airplay. Perspective is a powerful thing and we need his perspective. And, and, and I'm, I'm up here not because... I'm immune to this. I'm up here because I'm sort of sitting there going, how does this work? Because there's some challenges I'm going through at the moment and some challenges that have recently been solved but some other ones that I can see on the horizon. And I seem to gravitate to the problem, not the solution, or gravitate to, the, to seeing the problem, you know, as opposed to seeing the situation more broadly with the perspective that God might have. You know, I shared a couple of weeks back with Brad up here about some of the changes at AFI and, and how we've sold that. And I shared that, you know, a couple of years ago, well, actually really probably probably like six or seven years ago, it sort of this journey started where I was sort of moving towards, hey, maybe this isn't my forever thing and, you know, there's an opportunity to get out of that and, um, you know, I guess it really started growing some legs when we did the whole marina thing and I thought, oh, this might be my thing with the Bravo guys and, um, yeah, and then, and then that sort of accelerated. And then in 2019, God was really clear to me on this trip, that Europe trip, that we were going to sell AFI. And when I was overseas, I was hearing it was going to happen in October. And this, you, know, you know this story, I've shared it already, but summarising it, October came and went and no, no sale, no business sale. 
And that was really deflating for me. It had me questioning all the things that I was hearing because I was sure it was just like when you said October, you meant October, right? Fast forward 12 months, another deal with another buyer. Looks like, you know, I haven't been seeking them out, but they came finding me and it's like, oh, it must be God it's found me. You know, it's come towards me, so it must be a God thing. And that one didn't happen. That was going to happen in October too. It's like, oh, that didn't happen. And that became really dis- deflating. And, uh, and then, you know, the story from there, 12 months later, or August this year, the very same people I was talking to in 2019, you know, end up coming and, and they bought the business and it, it was going to happen in February. And then just last minute, they went, no, let's do it in October. It's like, oh, man, October. Wow. Wow. You know, and I think, you know, what, like, what did God do that for? Like, he knew how I was going to view the October word. Like, he knew in 2019 I was going to see it as, of course, it's this October. Like, what was he trying to get to me in that? You know, and I think that's when I lose the perspective of the magnitude of who God is and what he orchestrates and the fact that he created a plan and a purpose for my life. And, you know, he knows that there's some things that he needs to build in us. There's some things he needs to build in me. There's endurance, there's faith, there's you know, confidence in hearing. There's so many things that he wants to build that he knows that if I, just, if I don't build that in you, you're not going to be ready for what I've got for you. you know? And so it's like you know, sometimes you've got to go... There's a, there's a, there's a um, say, sailor's saying that says, um, calm seas don't make a great sailor. You know, calm seas don't make a great sailor. And it's right, you know, you've got to, it's the storms, it's the waves, it's the wind, it's the hard times that equip you for what life, what the ocean will bring you away. And I don't think that's not true for our faith walk. It's like there are things that he has for us for our future that he needs to build in us to allow us to be able to endure them well and to deal with them well. And I don't necessarily like that. But one day I'll be looking back and be really grateful for it because there'll be a season I'm in that I couldn't do without it. You know, there's an arrogance that I want to pick up, think that it's my strength or my ability that does things. And it's like, well, the last couple of years has fair and square showed me it's not me in this realm that's doing stuff, it's him doing it for me. And that'd be a really dangerous season for what he's shown me this in the future to think that it's me that does it. So he's building something. He's not done, but he's building something in me that's growing a faith and a confidence and a muscle that says it is, he is who he says he is and he's going to do what he says he's going to do. You know, they say every storm cloud has a silver lining and we all want the silver lining, but we miss the bit that there's a storm cloud. So you've got to go through the storm get to the silver lining, right? We just want the silver lining without the storm, but yeah. I guess thinking of all this, and we're going to have a chat about this in a minute, and then we'll come back and have another chat after that, but you know, what would it shift for my current situation to believe without any fear or doubt that God has me in his care and protection, that he's not some God with a magnifying glass you know, burning his little ants, he's actually doing something in my life, building something for me, building some resilience in me, building something for something. What would it do to have his perspective on the challenges and on the situations and the things that I've picked up in fear that, that would have... You know, what would that change, to have his perspective on that situation? And I know that rolls off the tongue pretty easily in this context. You know, I kind of... 
I know the game of church pretty well. I've grown up in the game of church and I know what a flash in the pan Sunday looks like. I know the rah, rah, rah of a moment. You know, the really good ones last till Sunday afternoon, you know. But like, what would it do to actually... And I think, I think those ones, the most powerful thing that can occur in our lives is when God cuts through and speaks to us personally. You know, the most, the most powerful thing we can do is have him speak directly to us. But what would it do to us to, I guess, just... No, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. I've, I've fast-forwarded on you, Curtis. Let's, let's rewind. <laughs> if it's true that God is who he says he is, what does that change about our perspective with our problems that we're facing? So we're going to wrap out in some groups. We're going to have a little chat. And... Um, you know, I want us to chat about, you know, what are the problems that we're facing right now? And you might want to share them, you might not want to share them, but, you know, what are the problems that we're facing right now that his perspective could change? You know, and his perspective is a perspective of the one that created what we just saw on the video a moment ago. And to me, that's a bit of a game changer. When I can helicopter view from my situation, from my problems, and move into the space where he's going to give me some perspective... You know, what would that do to how I live my life? What would that do to my Monday rather than just my Sunday church experience? So I have some chats. I'll come back. What are, uh, what are a couple of highlights that came out of our discussions? What are a couple of things that we just thought, gee, that was a great thought about those things that Glenn was sharing? Or what was something that, uh, yeah, we heard or you shared personally, one or the other, in your groups that you just felt like was something that, Everybody needs to hear. It's great. It's great truth, Glenn, this morning in it. And it's just, you know, this idea of, of uh, right-sizing God and my problems. You know, it's, it's got me thinking about a few things this morning. But yeah, what are a couple of things out of our groups that sort of... Matthew was sharing the, the pen picture that Glenn was sharing. And he shared that sometimes when the... Um, the pen is in front of our eyes and the problem or the concern is so big because that's what we've made it to be. Sometimes God takes the problem or takes the pen, if you will, and God starts pulling it apart and showing us what actually, what the, what the truth of this problem is or the concern and even how you're feeling around it. But then as Matthew started to pull the pen apart we could see the spring couldn't we and we could see the ink inside of it but we didn't see that on the outside but when we started looking at the inside and the root of the the how the pen was made and why it was there and what what uh, the fruit of this pen was producing we started to see it differently didn't we and then God could use the pen and show us how he can uh, turn the thing around and show us the the pen at the right size and I thought that that was a really uh, significant picture when we can get God's heart for what it is that's in front of us. Um, so thank you so much for sharing that, bud. It was really good. Yeah, that's awesome. Great thoughts. Matt via Ash. Very cool. Yeah, some of the problems that we face are based on fears that we've picked up and experiences that we've had and God's going to pull them apart and dismantle them and show us that these aren't things that require our focus anymore. That's relatable. That's relatable. 
Anybody else? Another thought from one of the groups that stuck out as a really good thought? Yeah, Tim. on the problem. <laughs> I know what the problem is. No. <laughs> we need more mics. <laughs> There's another one right there. There's another I think we sort of discussed um, just acknowledging that it's probably purpose, same as uh, Glenn's sort of October picture is it's purpose that we don't have God's perspective and, and have that holistic perspective of yeah. everything that's going on because it it's only when we can build faith and trust in God going through those seasons of October after October after October. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I can see in my life where, where it's been purpose that I didn't have God's perspective and just yeah. acknowledging that God does have a bigger perspective than us can bring yeah. you peace in, in those situations. That's really great. Yeah. Yeah, that's a true thought. Definitely. Yeah, he's... he's He's changing us as we trust him, you know, it's like, that's, that's really what you were saying about the storms. It's like smooth seas don't make good sailors. It's like sometimes trusting God in seasons of uncertainty builds the faith. You know, we were talking about that a little bit in our group that there's difficult, you know, the faith that we're walking, we can't write out the hard parts, like that God's not outside of the hard stuff waiting to intervene into the hard things. God's in the hard things forming and producing within us the character of the people of God. You know, I think about the story of the Israelites. He walked them out of slavery in Egypt. And wouldn't you think that a good God would just take them straight to the promised land and give them the good thing? But he saw that the people of God needed to gain character and faith and trust in him. And he wanted this people to be his people. And that was going to take facing some uncertain, unknown, faith-filled days that was going to produce a reliant people that then could go and take the cities and could take the land and could, you know, be the people of God in the land of God. And I think we're all, we're those people. We're on that journey. We are being formed to be the people of God, that we would trust him, that we would know him, that we would take faith that he is, that our lives would reflect to the world that the existence we have is because we have a God who intervenes and who who operates and who's in the hard things and who's in the promise for new days and you know changes of seasons and it's like we need the rhythm of this to produce the faith that we're made for and yeah love what love what you've shared this morning I'm super challenged by it personally it's great on the path theology you know, when you know you're on the path, there are problems that you face that God will resolve as he's promised it. And when the problem I face is that I'm well off the path, you know, I'm going to face a whole bunch of problems that have nothing to do with God resolving and solving the things in my life. And the best thing I can do is find my way back to the path. But when I know that I'm on the path, I am following him. He's brought me to this place and I can't see a way through. That's where we just need to go. But my God's bigger. No question, no question. Mm, thanks, Brad. Yeah, we had a we had a good chat in our group too, and 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 you know we we're talking about just again trying to get that perspective of how big God is, and we started talking about some of those galaxies and well, what are they galaxies, stars, whatever they are, you know, and they're light years away, and we're like Ziki and, and I were chatting about the speed of light, and he was telling us about this some whiz-bang car that breaks the speed of sound and so we googled what's the difference between the speed of sound and the speed of light 
and it was speed of sound is 340 meters a second speed of light is 300 million meters a second and in one second the speed of light travels around earth seven and a half times seven and a half times and yet it takes light years so traveling at that speed it takes years to reach these things so seven and a half times in one second it goes around the earth and yet it takes years at that speed to reach these things like how do you even get your head around that it is yeah it is you know it's bang you know and that this is the god who offers himself to us to be in relationship with us to be inside us to speak to us and so we i thought it'd be really helpful to get this into some sort of tangible practical practical takeaway today and so we've got some 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 bits of post-it note and some pens um, but you can use your phone if you prefer to use your phone and we thought it might be really good i'm i'm more than sure that there's not a single person in this room that isn't dealing with something that's not giving them peace at the moment you know there is something that we're all enduring in some way shape or form and it might be might be a relationship it might be a financial situation it might be a future partner it might be a you know a, a whatever whatever it might be for you a visa it might be you know like whatever it might be you know, I'm, I know enough of the stories around the room to know that there's not a single person that's not feeling anxious or you know various levels of fear overwhelmed something about a situation right now and I thought well wouldn't it be great for us to do a bit of time and get perspective for that situation to seek his perspective and and allow him to speak to us and if that's a foreign concept to you i'll just say just close your eyes and just try and ask a question and just see what you might find yourself writing don't worry if you're worried about it not being god or not just get something down and then bounce it off a friend and see if they can um, confirm that for you and if you're feeling adventurous you know this is family you know what would it look like to maybe have a word for someone else's situation as well. You know, what would it look like to be seeking God's heart, God's perspective? Sometimes it's just such a big problem for us that the pencil is too big and it's just so noisy and it's really hard to hear. And that's okay too. But what would it look like to reach out for others and say, hey, I know that you're going through something right now. I was doing some time and this is what God had to say to me about that. And so let's do that. We're going to take, I don't know, 5, 10, probably 10, you know, for something like that and then um, come back and hopefully that's something you can take away if you've got something for someone else and obviously find a moment to share that with them um, when we're wrapped up or during worship yeah. or whatever. Yeah, we're going to sit in this for a little bit. Yeah, we'll see. Um, like Glenn said, it's going to be an opportunity. And the idea on it is write the problem, but then the the thing we want to hear about is, the thing we want to write down is what he's saying about it. Because the thing that we want to take into our week and the thing we want to remind ourselves is what he's saying. If you're like me, um, I think often there are cliche responses. There are Christian cliche responses to some of my problems. There are natural things that I go to. And it doesn't mean that they're totally wrong. It's just I think the Lord wants to speak to your heart today. So avoid just... uh, that's not a big enough problem or oh, I shouldn't really be worried about that or we were talking about that in our group because God is a father he's not just really big 
and super powerful. He's not just that. He's also our father. And as a father, I cared so deeply about my kids. And when Charlie wants to go to the big park and we realize that there's a change of plans to meet all our friends at the beach, he doesn't know how to process that, you know? And so we say, sorry, we're not going to the big park. And he's devastated and he cries and he whines. And as a father, I can understand that he can't process this, the trade-off at the moment. I know he's going to experience something great, and it's going to be okay, and we're going to go to the big park so many more times, but, but we're also going to experience something great right now, and you're actually going to love it, and it's going to be better, and I want this for you. And so I pick him up, and I hold him, and I say, it's going to be all right, because I know I can't explain that to him until I walk him through it. And so sometimes we just need, don't let, don't let your problem be diminished. Let your problem come and set it at his feet. He actually is a father who wants to hold you and hug you and speak to you about it. Yeah. Is that cool? All right. So we'll just sit in that. We'll worship. We'll sit in that. We'll share some of it together. Um, If you're really feeling to get up out of your chair, go sit down next to someone, have a chat. You can do that too, just like Glenn was talking. But take take five to ten just with your own stuff, and, and then we'll keep rolling, okay? Yeah, it's a good thing when God begins to give us what we need. And, you know, Glenn, I think you've brought part of his heart for us this morning just to remind us who he is, that he's bigger than the things we face, than the things that are troubling us and taking place. As I stopped and asked, you know, uh, I mean, it's, it's you were saying, you know, God speaks to us in all sorts of ways. And he took me to my story and he said, you know, you've, you've come to understand that the things of my hand take patience. You know, and he was just inviting this patience, you know, and he took me to this picture of uh, Lila and my story. You know, we, we pursued healing together uh, for some big things that were causing big problems in our life, in our marriage, in our journey together. And you know, it was like, man, you could draw a circle around 10, maybe you'd, you'd rather call it 15 years. And then he took me to the story of Ella you know, which was a 10-year promise. We saw a few, Leela and I used to say that, you know, birthdays and anniversaries were a bit torturous almost because they were these reminders of what hadn't yet come to pass, these moments where we'd stop and reflect. And he said, you know, the promise was as good in year two and three and four and five and six. And he said, I'm not slow in acting, but there's some things in my hand that need a patient people that will let me form and grow that which is required that the things of God might be established among us and through us and on our behalf. And I feel like that's what he's asking of me again today. I feel like it's what he's asking of us. You know, would we be patient people who would, who would allow problems to remain and not be resolved in the speed in which we wish they would, but we would trust that God is forming and establishing that which he requires and he's not slow in acting on our behalf, but he's patient in seeing the things of his hand built and established among us. I think he's calling a patient group of people to trust him. I believe it's going to be worth it. I believe it already is. And I think of your story, Glenn. And, you know, sometimes we glib over these stories, you know, but I remember, I remember the moments where the sales fell through for AFI. I remember the conversations and the distress, the frustration, the questioning you're hearing, the questioning your faith, the questioning whether any of this is relevant or real or true or good. But a patient man stood steadfast in his relationship with God and saw the victory come. 
October's passed. And then an October came and those moments, they come and go quickly too. But we're going to see victories. And when the moments of disappointment come and say he isn't and it hasn't and it doesn't look like what we thought, you know, we go, but what do you say? And we've been encouraged this morning again to go, there's nothing we face on the path towards the things of God that's bigger than him. And I just appreciate it so much. Glenn. So let's pray. Father, we thank you that you're building something good among your people, your people here in this place and in many places, gathered in many spaces. And we just thank you for the stories that are emerging. We thank you for Greg and Lise in New Zealand. And we ask, Father, you'd pour your love and your encouragement and your grace and your assurance out on them today. We thank you that you've called them to a space and a place in an unfinished work and an uncertain path. But we pray you'd provide into that. We pray for the right work opportunities, the right open doors in business, the right relationship opportunities. God, we thank you that in the steadfastness of people you're building. And so we thank you for what you're building in New Zealand in the home of the Martins. Would you pour your love out on them? Would you assure them of your call? Would you show them the things that you see? Father, we thank you for the steps of faith that have been taken in this room. We thank you for people waiting for visas and people waiting for homes and people waiting for sales of homes and people who are carrying pictures of your heart, unknown and known. Pray, Father, you would pour your your fertilizer on your plans today and that you pour your blessing out on your family. We ask in the name of Jesus, give us perseverance and patience to see you finish what you've started. We just thank you for who you are. And we just say today, you're worthy of it all. What would we hold back from a God who's done so much and will do so much more than we could ask or imagine? Bless your family. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.